This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the Usual Suspect Steve welcome back special guest and friend Richard, aka Dick Dog, for a third time to discuss the sentencing of his mother's killer, the loss of his beloved sister Melissa, and how through all that he's been able to remain the uniquely resilient and charismatic friend we wish we all had. Palate cleansers include Richard getting a shot at valid Victorian redemption, a quick Huell Hauser nostalgia trip, and the show ending on a more hopeful note as we set the table for a fourth and final volume of the Coors Light Chronicles. Have you ever beat a dead horse while it was alive and with your car? Let's wax this Californian porpoise. Chase, don't do that. All right, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. Back again, episode 39 now. We've got uh, a continuation of the Coors Light Chronicles. This is volume three now. Uh, I know we took a we took a little bit of a breather for a couple weeks there, but we're back joined by our friend Dick Dog to f- finish up, maybe finish up his story. Who knows? This could go on to a, a volume four. We'll see. We were just talking about it like if we should kind of give like a <clears throat> a quick recap and it's just, it's too heavy. So I would say if you're interested at all in a, a story that, that covers a lot of shit over time and space and is f- super interesting, worth your time, um, check out uh, our previous episodes, volume one and two, which are episode 35 and 36, because this it's just too much to, and it wouldn't do the story justice to try and summarize this. So. For, for those of you that are familiar, welcome back. I guess getting right into it here, uh, you got myself, as always, Jim G-Baby. To my virtual right, we also have the usual suspect, Steve. I look at the fight tape, Lincoln! Yeah! It was a phantom punch! <laughs> How's it going, Steve? Good, man. Hope you guys had a great Christmas and or Hanukkah. I could not tell what that clip was until until that last bit. Yep, I knew. It's the, been a while. Yeah, good old <laughs> snake eyes. Yeah, thanks. I did have a good Christmas. How about you? Yeah. Or did you want to save that because you had kind of a dual holiday, didn't you, for the first time? Yes, we celebrated with my my new nephew or nephew, as we are affectionately <laughs> referring to him as. Um, so we got to celebrate. Uh, the, the final day of Hanukkah was on Christmas Day, which I guess is a rare occurrence. So we did the um, we did the Christmas thing, and then we did the lighting of the candles. We made sure to close the blinds because we didn't want the neighbors to to <coughs> think anything of it. So they were singing. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. And then, of course, the man of the hour returning again. We have special guest and friend Dick Dog. Oh my God! How's it going, everyone? You're from the '60s, '70s. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. Not that old. 1870s. Nice. You guys are always busting my ball. It's <laughs> going good, man. Cool. Good Glad to have you back. back. Here. Yeah, totally. I'm looking forward to it. I th- I think it was. 
good for the story, I think, to let it breathe, have a little bit of a palate cleanser in between, because we left off that last one was pretty heavy. Um, and yeah, we got some really good feedback. A lot of people are interested in your story, which is awesome. I'm glad you're. we've been able to get together and you've been able to tell it in your own words. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing on. I guess a quick recap, super quick. The lay of the land where we're at right now is we're going to go into talking about, what is his name, Steve? Tim Woodhall? Timothy? Yeah, yes, Tim Woodhall. Okay. Yeah, Woodhall. So, so he, we left off with him basically, your sister Melissa saying, yeah, this guy did it without a doubt. And the cops went, made a beeline to his house and took him into custody, I think is, right? Is that kind of setting yeah. the table for where we're at right now? Yeah. Went into the aftermath and uh, us going up. It was Mother's Day weekend, and uh, we went up to the sheriff's department, got some information about what had happened, and then went on. I have a question, I guess, right off the bat. Knowing your your grandfather's background and being a former police chief, was he kind of sidelined by the emotional aspect of this, or was he very involved in wanting to get to the bottom and, like, nailing this guy's ass or no 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 because i think it it was unlike a lot of cases you see they get a lot of publicity it was open and shut like it was i mean there's some things that their uh, defense came in and tried to play that were quickly shrugged off no this wasn't something where you know he needed to get involved in it was easily solved which makes it weird because a lot of these things take time you had mentioned it was an open and shut case because they, I mean, they they basically just followed his footsteps right to him and he confessed. But you you were starting to say that later on his defense team tried to come in and muddy the water a little bit. I'm curious what, what they tried to do. Oh, they tried to plead insanity. Oh. Okay. So when you, uh, another question I had real quick. When you went to talk to the cops and they told you what had happened, I, I, I know we're, we'll probably get into his mental state later on but i'm curious if they were like even at that point early on yeah i mean he just confessed right away it's kind of strange or or if they were just kind of matter of fact about the whole situation or or did they give you any indication early on like yeah there's a mental issue here i know that was like five different questions but (laughs) you get what i'm asking no there was nothing there was no communication between the police department his lawyer uh, DA or anything. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's weird when you think, I mean, I've, after this is when I really picked up watching a lot of, you know, Steve and I like uh, forensic files a lot. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, that. I mean, I'll watch a lot of documentaries and everything, you know, I was kind of interested in before, but after this, and it's weird because there's no mystery behind it. Yeah. It was kind of open and shut. Right. It sounds kind of fishy, yeah, like the the way it's like. Do you decide your own level of of involvement at this point when you're like the family of a victim in an open shut case? Like, I'm curious about how that all works. Like, if you do, you have to like call the DA's office and proactively like ask, "Hey, how how are things going?" Or are they? It sounds like you're saying they didn't. The lines of communication between them and the family. Like law enforcement and your family was pretty non-existent. Yeah, but it's it's a different era. I mean, this is two thousand one, and yeah. 
there aren't a lot of people to communicate with. And we were just waiting for the court date because we didn't think there was anything to be worried about. So that makes so sense. he actually had a court date. He didn't just take a plea. Like it went to trial or you were just waiting for the court date where he was going to plea and they're going to officially do. Well, no, I I have that coming up. Okay. But I just want to go back to like where I was in this goddamn cat. (laughs) The cat's done nothing wrong. I know you love cats, but this guy's pissing me off right now. He needs some milk. Nice. Good timing for that. Uh, Don't give your cats milk, people. It gives them diarrhea. He just wants pets. Nice. That's not good. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So... All right, before the uh, court date, which is actually his arraignment was May 15th, so not very long. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because the only reason I know this is because of the newspaper articles that uh, Steve found, and I was able to uh, Google my mom a little more with the uh, quotation marks that Steve um, suggested I use, but they all pulled up the same articles. Mm -hmm. They were all from May 15th. And I was like, I know this shit didn't happen so quick because I knew it was June where he got sentenced. But I want to go back a little bit. We'd been in Corning for a couple of days. My family was there. We we were all we all felt kind of caged. Like there was a lot of us there. I mean, my grandparents are in a hotel. My aunt, obviously. Can't remember where I was staying, but I remember like needing to get out of town. So I went back uh, to Chico to, it was actually my first year of like 21, no, 22 consecutive years of playing softball. But it was my first year and I was like, I got, I have to get out of here. I got to go do something. Mm-hmm. And this was with the team from uh, the pizza parlor I worked at. And I went there and it was like all these people showed up for me and I remember, and I still play softball in this. It's actually the same field that uh, Gwenza's eye got um, <laughs> broken. But I remember sitting there in that third base dugout and off by the sand, I wrote RIP mom. And I just sat there looking at that because I wasn't getting in the game defensively. <laughs> Not at that point. <laughs> but no, it was wow. just like I had to get... I had to get away for a minute. Like I had to get somewhere. Yeah. And just to see all these people show up for me. And I remember going home and I think afterwards I went to the bar with a couple people and just to be able to process what had gone on. Decompress all that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was like, I, I, you can't imagine do what, like I was so fucked up at that moment. Yeah, I can imagine it'd be like trying to like claw out of your own mind. Yeah. It... So dude, there was a. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. Go so ahead, was dude. that like the beginning of? Is that why uh, you have such a an attachment to like you know playing softball and being active in that community? With kind of stemmed from that, or was that just a? No, no, no. But it's a memory. I, I just did it because I never got to play sports growing up, and now I'm. Playing a league that allows old slow men like me to participate. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it was so it I was a good it. outlet. But no, it is something that, like I said, it was the first year I ever played. Right. And uh, it's a memory I have whenever I'm on that field because it was a it was a big moment for me because I had to I had to take myself away from my family for a day. I was like, I got to go do something, man. Yeah. 
I can't, I can't just sit here. Yeah. So then I went back to Corning the next day. A couple days later was Tim's arraignment on May 15th, as I brought up. And he, they pled not guilty by reason of insanity. And I was like, dude, this is not, dude, this is premeditated murder. You went in, you cut the phone lines. Yeah, that should be dead giveaway number one. That's not insane. That's not you snapping. That's you planning something out. Yeah. Yeah, you may be fucking crazy, but no, that's not, that's you planning something, man. Yeah. And then on top of that, he planned to kill my sister too. Yeah, waited. Like he laid in wait for a couple hours before she didn't show up. Yeah, if that's not like the definition of premeditated, I don't know what is. Yeah. So uh, it must have been June because that's uh, when his sentence started. So I'm thinking, and I figured it was June. By the time sentences came around. Sentencing. Hey, I want to clear this shit up. I know it's valid Victorian, <laughs> motherfuckers. I'll just slur my words. Oh, I feel like you sorry, said valid Victorian again just now. Yeah, you did. <laughs> valid. I said valid. Dude, I'm... You said valid. No. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again one time cleanly. Whoa. Louder. Valid Victorian. <laughs> one more time. Clean. Valid Victorian. No. <laughs> Valid. No. Now, now, now you're bringing the D and the V in together. You said <laughs> valid, valid like a valid Victorian. That's my favorite type God of damn it, real dude. estate. <laughs> yeah, I didn't win Victorian or that either, so <laughs> fuck you. All right. Uh, well, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm not a volume dictarian. <laughs> Fuck you. Love you guys. I'm not a value decathlon. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Thanks for clearing the air on that. Thought I said it right. <laughs> Shit. We're venture capitalists. Holy shirts and pants. Okay. So... I'm curious at this point, and you know, we don't have to discuss this if you don't want to, but like my sick brain is thinking like at this point, like were you thinking about like revenge at all? Or like I wanna kill this guy or I wanna I wanna try to hurt this person, or was it more of like a numb no, and dude, you're just going through the motions of, of the, me, not, the justice system? Well, first of all, one thing my mom would never want me to do is to do something to fuck up my life. Right. So revenge was never a factor. That being said, I'm not an opponent to the death penalty, dude. You, I want that motherfucker to fry. Yeah. Get shaved. I don't fucking give a fuck. I had people that I knew came up to me. They're like, I know somebody you know on the side. Like, Wow. Do you want like reach out? Like, no. Why in the fuck? I'm not going to, A, first of all, tie myself to that. Yeah. But if it happens, it happens. It's not something that. I mean, in, even if. Even I would if somebody... ever try to do. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't even. Dude, I've had a lot of people, like, when I tell that story and they're all like, oh, I know somebody. I'm like, no, fuck that, dude. Yeah. I feel like. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, but, dude, if. The death penalty, if he came up on that, fry that fucker. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people who would normally be against the death penalty 
would would be against it because there's always a chance that they're executing the wrong person or there's always you know you hear those stories about like dna exonerating somebody later but in this case it's like there's no mystery at all who did it you basically have the trail of breadcrumbs from the victim Mm -hmm. to the murderer he confesses to it that's yeah even if you're staunchly opposed to it i would have a hard time arguing against it in this case that's for sure yeah definitely I know you wanted. You said you wanted. You were going to cover that later, but I'm curious at this point now that you brought up the fact that they tried to play the insanity defense is because I was unclear on previous episodes too. But did this guy Tim? Did he have a like documented um, like affliction or like something that was diagnosed, or was he just like a guy that everyone knew that he had like a fucking screws? No, no, but I I grew up around a lot of people that had screws loose that, you know, I don't know what the fuck their documented shit was. But. Right. Well, I'm curious if that came out during the course of this trial, too, like that maybe their his defense tried to use in support of that insanity plea. Like, did they say, I, oh, yeah, he has uh, fucking anger issues and he's like on, you know, this spectrum and he has this like, like See, rage I, uh personality disorder or something That's one thing i wish i knew more more about is how to get a hold of like a transcript or you know documents from the trial mm-hmm. i don't know how to do that i just all this shit's in my memory from you know 21 years ago right and going through it i just remember they tried to plead insanity did that get shot down pretty quickly yeah right away good the judge wanted no part of it Good. Yeah. Well, without without jumping so, without jumping too far ahead, they must have taken that into into some sort of account based on where he is now, right? Do you know how that happened? Like where he went first? Yeah, but there are other places. There are other places he's been that kind of raise questions to me. Okay, he's been in a fire camp because you know I can look up his name on the inmate search and I can find out where he is. And there was one point where he was in like North Yosemite at some fire camp. And I was like, why in the fuck? Is, this is like 10, 10 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's like, why in the fuck is he here? I remember after uh, COVID hit and they started releasing prisoners because they're like, hey, we got to get these people out of here because of COVID. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was sitting on the news. They were releasing some pretty bad people. So I even sent an email to the corrections, like contact us, blah, 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 victim site, and never heard anything back. Hmm. Because I was concerned, like, what's your criteria for letting people out? Right. And didn't seem to be anything. It was like, oh, if you have a cough, you're free to go. There's a mask. Like, I fucking... It, it was a hard time for me during that when you're just seeing on the news, they're letting people out here... Like, if, like violent felons? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Well, if oh, the, and if yeah, nobody's, there is some... If, no, if nobody's communicating with you, you're probably just expecting one day to get a call saying that, oh, yeah, he, he was released a week ago, or who knows. So. No, they're supposed to let us know if he dies in prison... If he comes up for parole, which they didn't do that. Yeah. So if he, he escapes, and then one other thing. Yeah. So he had his, his love. I don't know. <laughs> He's on that love after lockup show. 
Yeah. So you might not want to watch this episode. (laughs) So he had his first. But no, it was weird. It was like, dude, we were reaching out. Well, I was reaching out. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And nothing, nothing back from the state of California. So fuck him. Thank you, Governor Newsom. So he had his first. You scum. He had his first parole hearing this year. So. What what was his sentence like? Twenty to life or twenty five to life with his first possibility? It was twenty three to life in the beginning. So okay. at some point, he got that knocked down by a couple years. Probably good behavior. Maybe all that good work he did at the fire camp or something knocked some time off. Yeah, dude. I don't even. I don't know why it was at a fire camp. Dude, that pissed me off. You know he I, wasn't uh, out setting fires, right? Uh, probably not. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what their yard release was like, but. Yeah, part of me is like, I'm sure that was probably some pretty hard work. So maybe you could take solace in the fact that it was super miserable, especially at his age, maybe, for him. But yeah, it seems like kind of crazy that he'd be out being able to like be out in the open, you know, even if it, we were it on does like, kind of go ahead. Sorry. It does kind of seem like uh, even though it could be a punishment, it does also seem like it could be a privilege to get out of the prison and. Yeah, just like, like work a change outside. of scenery. So, yeah, because yeah, I I agree with you. I'm I'm pro hard labor for the worst of the worst guys. You know, I don't think they should be able to just sit in their cell and work out and read books all day yeah, every day and get to read and watch TV. Themselves. Yeah, it's like go out and make me some license plates or something. Hey, can I take a piss real quick? Yep. Yeah, but go to the bathroom first. Such <laughs> <laughs> a funny guy. Number six, man urinates on fellow passenger for not being allowed to smoke. <laughs> Damn. You're hitting them, hitting them good today. These are all fastballs right down the middle. And you are teeing off. God, that looked like a bottle of dish soap or something. It's a big-ass bottle, man. Uncle Nearest. Pretty smooth. It's a Tennessee whiskey bourbon. Uh, all right. Sorry, Dick. Uh, where, where'd we leave off? I can't remember, but I just <laughs> want to come in with the valedictorian. Yes. Wow. Nailed it. All right. Thank you, Google. All right. Oh, get it. Where in the fuck were we? All right. Hey, we're leading up to court, right? Yeah, this is where I, 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 you yeah. just talked about it, but like, so his actual sentence I'm curious about was 23 to life. Like yeah. the original. Okay. And that was the original to the best of my memory. And I haven't been able to find an article after his sentencing, just the ones leading up to his arraignment on May 15th. So sometime, and I think it's around, June 11th, because that's when his original parole dates were always scheduled for. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the date that we're looking for is sometime in June. Did you guys, uh, did you and your family get invited or did you go to the sentencing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Believe me, we were there and that's what it was. It was an emotional day, man. Yeah, I fucking bet. So, Did any of you guys get up and say anything? Were you allowed to like address him directly? 
No, this was not so. Lot. It's kind of weird. I, um, I the one time I had jury duty was a uh, wrongful death case back in 1998 at the Red Bluff Courthouse. I lived in Cornyn, drove my mom's van, and that's when you got five dollars a day for jury duty. Per diem. And I was driving this old shitty van that I ended up moving all my shit to Chico in uh, up to Red Bluff. And it probably cost me $10 in gas to get there and back. Yeah. But I got $5 a day for jury duty for six days. And it was a wrongful death case. But I just remember sitting in the same courtroom three years earlier for jury duty for a week that Tim's... uh, Sentencing was in a little sidebar there, but they didn't let but, any of the victim's family make a statement. That's surprising. No, I don't know if they asked us, but I don't think they did because I'm sure I would have said something. I was fucking heated because we go into the courtroom and um, I remember we're sitting. He's sitting on if you're sitting in the courtroom as a spectator or whatever you're in the you're in the crowd. Uh, he's to the front to the right. And um, his mom was actually, they were all on the same side because this was probably, this wasn't like a big hearing. I think this was a lot of people with a lot of cases that were in that courtroom, but they were on the same side. And thing that sucked for my sister is one of her best friends from the church that she met Tim at, Um, was sitting with Tim's mom and they were probably like two or three rows in front of us. So I remember Melissa just being kind of like, that's, and that's like my friend. And yeah. What about your fucking friend, man? That's fucking like, yeah. And he's choosing that side. That sucks. And I just remember sitting in there and then Tim sitting in his seat as the judge is talking and they're trying to plead, insanity and tim like looks he won't make eye contact with me but i could see him looking at melissa a couple times and in my mind i'm just starting to fucking fume like don't look at my fucking sister like what are you doing please tell me he cried me no him tim oh i don't fucking think he cried he just was looking back and so his lawyer says we plead insanity, and the judge said, I've read this guy's record. I've read the details of this case. There is no way this was done in insanity. This was premeditated. I'm throwing that out the door. And it was just like that. At this like point, I don't done. know how court should do. Yeah, it was like, Good. yeah, we're throwing that defense out the door. Good. So. He ends up getting his sentence, and I remember his mom turning up and turning around to us and going, I hope you're happy now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was like, holy shit. Dude. And then I almost fucking lose it. I fucking walk in, and I, I can't even remember. I, I'm sure my grandparents were there. I don't know who drove us up there. I don't know anything at this point. All I know is I walked into the fucking bathroom, the men's room of the upstairs lobby, and I punched a partition. And that was one of the first things I ever punched in my fucking life. Damn. 
Is, is and, his mom still alive? Do you know? No, no, I believe, dude, she has to be dead. Otherwise, she is a very resilient woman because that was, she was old as fuck then. And, Damn. But that's, that's so fucking disgusting. So I go in there and a bailiff comes in to the bathroom and is like, hey, so you need to come out here, calm down. They made sure that his mom and the rest of his party left and we're standing upstairs in the uh Tama County Courthouse and we had to watch them get in the car and leave before they would let us out of the courthouse just to go get in our car and leave. And like I said, at this point I can't even remember I don't remember who was driving us there, whatnot, but they would not let us they had to make sure that they left the area before they even let us out. Yeah. So but I to fucking say that, I yeah. hope you're happy now. Yeah, it's like because where's your brain? They, they, it was no. They they thought that my mom wanted my sister for social security money. Even if that were true, which it wasn't, but even if that were fucking true, that gives you no right to say that to somebody. And it's like how how in any way does that absolve your poor little baby who fucking savagely murdered someone and waited and almost killed a second person? It's like how did. How do you not understand? It's like, yeah, I fucked up as a parent probably somewhere along the road. Or if not, my son is a piece of shit and did something horribly wrong that can't be brushed under the carpet or explained away or is the result of some other external force like made him do this. That's fucking gross. It's like, man the fuck up and understand yeah, my kid did something super fucked up, and the only the only thing she should have said is, "I'm sorry." That's yeah. insane. God, I would have oh, fucking was, gone. I was, I was like, and that's why I fucking just you know me. I can have a little temper. Maybe that grew from that moment. I was always a good kid. <laughs> but dude, that shit that shit set me off like no other man. Yeah, I can only yeah, imagine. I, I I can't even imagine. It sucks in hindsight <laughs> to just say like, I won't be happy again until I get the phone call that your son dies in prison and I can piss on his fucking grave. Yeah, you know what a bitch. Yeah, that's... yeah. Because when you first started to say that she turned around, I was hoping she might be like, I'm so sorry. You know, who knows? I I don't know what I was expecting, but definitely not. I hope you're happy now. Like, yeah, we're thrilled. Those words are etched in my mind, man. What a fucking bitch. Yeah, fuck her. Dude. So, kind of like I said, so she lived down a couple doors down from Dennis. And so I'd been to her house many, like I knew her and because that's where I met Tim years before Melissa did. There was, and this is well before social media, and my thousand plus Facebook friends, Steve, that I had on <laughs> had on the freeway. Yep. Uh, but, dude, she was talking like she continued to talk shit about my sister and my mom and everything. And people eventually ran her out of town. Good. I think she moved to like Santa Rosa County or is that a county? It is. No, that's in like like Marin or. I think it might be its own county. Or Sonoma County. Santa Rosa is Santa Rosa's a county. Is it? San- yeah. Huh. I know you're an Indiana boy now. 
Yeah, even though in Indiana there's probably twice the amount of counties that there are in California. Uh, not not a county in California. It looks like it is in Florida. How fun. Anyway. I knew that wasn't a fucking county. So in your in your eye. Me? Steve. Yeah, don't don't fuck with me on California counties. I could probably name them all right now if I wanted to. San Bruno? San Bruno is a city, not a county. Check it up. Check it, check it up. Check it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it is, but... but. Like I could hit you with like the Del Nortes and the fucking like the well, that's the easiest nor- northeast. All right, take it easy, Hulhauser. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God <laughs> damn it! Little local refrigerator flavor. episode of uh, California's Gold. Dude, I almost brought that up when we were talking to our pals over at Ghoulish University because that episode was kind of Hulhausery. But I'm like, nobody's gonna have any idea what the fuck I'm talking no. about, <laughs> except Dick. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I I remember I watched. I I sat down. I was with my grandfather. We were in Corning, and California's Gold came on, and we were watching an episode. And this was like right after like I had talked to you guys about him because I didn't grow up like knowing who he was. Like I'd seen a couple episodes or whatever, but but you guys were giving me like you know the deep cuts on him and like quotes and just kind of how wacky that fucker was and uh. So it came on. I was watching it with my grandpa. I was like, "Oh yeah, my my buddy Richard's been talking about this guy, and like he's kind of a fucking goofball, you know, cheese dick." And he's like, "What my grandpa say?" He's like, "Yeah, he's like I always thought old Hugh was a little light in the shorts." <laughs> yeah. Uh, to those who are unfamiliar, California's Gold is a California public access <laughs> TV show with Hulhauser who is he's a former marine big dude but he is a goofball to the max yeah and he goes to the most boring fucking places and interviews the most boring people about the dumbest shit and they they edit out nothing yeah so it's just a 22 minute episode the jacaranda yeah of the most boring shit i saw one not too long ago where he's he, he just decides to go somewhere in L.A. And he's like, we're just walking down the street talking to people. And he like pop, pops into a, a laundromat in the middle of the night in L.A. And is like, what's going on here? And the guy who works there is like, do you have any ID? Like, who are you? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just starts asking him questions about laundry. And it's like, how the fuck did this get made? And it's still on the air. That being said, it's a great show. I love it and I support it. Dude, one of the episodes where he goes to like the uh, like appliance dismantler, yeah, where you, where he's just mesmerized at how they deconstruct a fucking old fridge. God, dude, that one's wow, that's so good. You mean to tell me? <laughs> yeah, he he has the childlike joy and wonder of learning things for the first time. In juxtaposed in like a sixty-eight-year-old man's body. Yeah, <laughs> he he ended up on an episode of The Simpsons falling off a turnip truck. <laughs> oh, so maybe maybe he has more national notoriety yeah. than I give him credit for. Oh, he he did. He was on The Simpsons. Yeah, that's how you know you made uh, it. But when he yelled at the lady on the Jack Randa episode for uh, cleaning her front yard. Yeah, in this particular oh, episode, I don't remember what it was about in particular, but he found this lady who had, was the whole episode about the fucking jacaranda tree? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he found this lady who had a big jacaranda tree in her front yard, and he wanted to come back the next day for some reason to look at the leaves because they stink or something, Dick. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And so then the camera crew comes back the next day, and she had raked her lawn, and he's like, I thought I told you not to rake your lawn. And she's like, oh sorry, God. I, I I, I did. God damn, he was he was a treasure, man. <laughs> yeah, and you you would think that that would uh, cause them to scrap the episode. Nope, they just left it all in and just go ahead and <laughs> yeah. print it, send it. Just like you guys do here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Nothing on the cutting room floor. Absolutely not. <laughs> is this your tree? <laughs> yep, <laughs> sure is. <laughs> damn. I haven't thought about that dude in a while. I'm, I feel like after this, I need to go on a, a YouTube California's gold K-hole. Yeah, so anyway, crazy bitch mom gets run out of town into Santa Rosa, which is apparently a city, not a county in California. So, yeah, good riddance for her. What a what a horrible person. Yeah, I can't a, imagine. You ungrateful the, he, bitch. Yeah, I can't imagine the gumption it takes to say, are you happy now? Well, because what, what in her mind would be fair? Her son just gets to go free, and this yeah. was—I don't know. That's what like boggles my mind. It doesn't make any day. sense. And so, uh, yeah, he's sentenced and goes away to jail. And so, twenty-three to life. So originally, so that's after twenty-three. After twenty-three years, he would have the possibility for parole, which then later got amended yeah. to it got his sentencing got cut down to twenty years. I don't know, because like I said, I'm doing the math now. It should have been coming up in 2024, but he had a parole hearing on May 12th, 2022, and he was denied. But we were supposed to be told about that shit and weren't. Yeah, he had. And that's something I don't understand why. Like, why wasn't I have given my information to the state of California as to the my shit hasn't changed in years since I gave it to him. Why weren't me and Jennifer, my aunt, why weren't we alerted to when he had a, I don't know if it was a parole hearing or some kind of pre like pre evaluation mm-hmm. where they denied his parole. I, it may not have been a full parole hearing, but like we're supposed to be told of this shit. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. In which case I would go yeah, tell because, my story. I mean, one of the things they should be considering in deciding whether or not to grant it is getting input from the family. Cause it, I mean the court records I found aren't very substantial, but yeah, it looked like he had a full on parole hearing that they denied. And it looks like the next one, he won't be up again for another three years. But like you said, like why the fuck yeah, didn't anybody contact you? 2025. Yeah. So knowing that now you're going to be, I assume way more proactive about like checking in on them since they've. I thought I was being proactive, man. I haven't let this shit like. Well, no, fall I, I know, but I'm saying this time you're gonna actually probably be peppering them before. Yeah, but I don't have the faith in our fucking judicial system here in California to fucking follow through with shit. Yeah. There, yeah, you should be able to find some kind of victim advocacy to either help you or do it for you because yeah yeah that's that's bullshit but to circle back around when you look up his inmate information it looks like he's in it's a facility in stockton that looks like it specializes in 
mental health. It's the California Healthcare Facility is stopped in California. Yeah, so I'm wondering. I'm wondering if. I, I'm just curious how it works out. And like I said, the records that we found, it didn't really show where he went. You know, his travel from facility to facility. So I'm wondering. No, if, I know he was in Chowchilla. Okay. Which used to be just a women's facility, but they built a men's facility across the street. He was in Cochrane. He was Corcoran? in that fucking Yeah, so those are federal. Corcoran. Sorry. I think, Sorry. I, think I know Gwenza's from the uh the San, from the area. The so. San Joaquin Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah from whatever so, Corcoran's can be pretty heavy duty. Tornado. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard Corcoran's pretty heavy duty, so yeah. I, I hope he got a federal pound me in the ass prison. Yeah, I hope he ran through a couple cornfields backwards and got fucking worked over thoroughly. So I wonder if maybe I just read it wrong, and the facility he's in is like an actual medical. Like maybe he's having health problems. That'd be nice. Yeah, well, I'm maybe sure he's he had mental health, health. I don't for know. a long time. I think this is more of a. I don't know. I think he worked the system. Yeah. I mean, it's still alive, which is saying a lot after all these years, because I have somewhere I have his, uh, he should be 64 by now. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I saw too. Which man, that's 18 years older or or older than me. And I used to play basketball with this guy out on the, uh, Maywood. Oh, damn. Is that when you tacoed your Down ankle? On the uh, basketball courts at Maywood on the uh, on the weekends and shit, and it's so fucking weird that this shit happened. Yeah, I'd Here. say that's an understatement so, for sure. Yeah. To pick it up, after all this happened, I took I took three weeks off of work because I couldn't work. Right. Like I don't know. Like I was I was a mess, probably the biggest mess I've been in my life, and um. I remember I went back to went back to work. The place I worked at gave me uh, three weeks of pay without doing that. And spearheaded by uh, a lot of my friends, they raised I think over a thousand dollars for me to help pay my bills and everything since I wasn't working. And so I tried to move on and. It was tough going back to work. I had some difficulties. I was a shift manager where I was at. And remember one time somebody fucked something up. And for the second time, after punching the partition in the courthouse in the bathroom, fucking punched the wall because I was pissed. I just, I was such a fucking wreck. Sad, bad thing was that I punched a brick wall that was behind the FRP. Oh, man. Oh, man, I fucked my hand up big time. That sucks. So that was probably the uh, one of the first and last times I really punched anything because <laughs> first time I got anger. Yeah. Second time was that stupidity, and it fucking taught me my lesson. Learned you real quick. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, there was a time a good buddy of ours, all of ours, that worked with at that place. One time heard me, uh, this is all recently after my mom died. I'm back at work and I'm just pissed. And all of a sudden he sees a ball of Windex go flying down the hallway. <laughs> I just, I was, I was not like, I was having a fucking rough time, man. 
anytime anything would set me off, I would just something something would happen. And luckily, I never hurt anybody, but I was able to overcome all that shit. And uh, yeah, I don't think anybody could blame you for having the occasional emotional outburst. One of my favorite Richard emotional outbursts. The the reason why it's one of my favorites is because he didn't know I saw it happening. There was a traffic related incident that I was I was riding my bike on a bike path (laughs) that runs perpendicular. Fuck that guy. This this bike path runs perpendicular to a city street. And as I'm driving, I, I couldn't have had a better angle. I'm, I'm riding up to the intersection and there's a guy on the other side of the street with a longboard, just waiting for the signal to turn so he can cross the street. And I just see Dick's car mm-hmm. screech to a halt and start screaming at this guy on the side of the road. Cause he thought, he thought he had like started to lean into the road like he was going to go. And so he slammed on the brakes and then i just see him like ah, the fuck out of the road and then he kind of and then he kind of looks in my direction but i wasn't sure if he saw me and then the next day at work i was like saw you yesterday yelling at a pedestrian for no reason he's like yeah fucking guy yeah, got in the road uh that's how i Dude, remember his it. long board is long and it extended into the into the street and not off the sidewalk. So <laughs> your angle is bad, man. It's so funny that you happened to capture that like out in the wild on your bike mm-hmm. and you saw this because it's it not was like so funny. It's not like this is a one horse town. It's also not a metropolis, but for for everything to sync up and for you to see that is is pretty fucking rad. Oh, it was it was awesome, dude. That was memorable. It was great. Yeah, fucking road. <laughs> to the guy not in the road. I still remember the the look on the he guy's face. He was in face. the fucking road. The guy's like Jesus Christ. What? So he was like at least like coming into the road. He wasn't stopped. He wasn't like sitting there with his fucking board on his hand. So the, I thought you were going to go into this is not the I go here you go there that was a, so that's a separate no, that Tyler and Jimmy okay oh sorry uh, T and J I can I can edit that out <laughs> although I don't think it no. matters I'll add a mark no it doesn't matter um, hey uh, quick timeout and those people were like should have went the right way. <laughs> They were holding up traffic. Like, you go there, you go there, man. <laughs> uh, my next question was going to be then, you know, obviously you're picking up the pieces, but then like your relationship with your sister, Melissa, and how worked from then on. Were you like her primary caregiver or were you way more involved in her life? Did you guys live together? That's I'm real foggy on that part of your story. And Steve, please jump in anytime, like to help kind of move this forward. If I'm not, if I'm uh, devolving here, no, I think that's a good, a good entree to the next section because I, I don't know that part of the story myself either. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. I mean, that's where I thought we were going to be going from here because okay, at this point, gotta take another piss. Yeah. Sorry, I've been drinking a lot of Coors Lights. And you're old as shit. So go down. I get it. I'm well, getting yeah, old. I got gray hair. I'm, yeah, I've I mean, already pissed. I've four- already pissed in a bottle without moving. So, is that real? Gatorade? Huh? Is that real? You were yeah, already pissed. 
Nice. Yeah, good for you. I come prepared. <laughs> I'm not super fucked up yet, so my aim is still true. And I'm not trying to straddle a couch and continue <laughs> to play an Xbox game out of pure laziness. <laughs> I don't know how that situation went down, but I have a clear mental picture of how it went down. You must have a goddamn IQ of 160. Dude, you are nailing those. <laughs> I need some suggestions. I need to I definitely want to add some more from uh Lebowski is a treasure trove that I haven't tapped into quite as much as I'd like to. Like fucking Goldbricker or uh This Guy Walks. Never been more sure about anything in my life. Yeah, Lebowski has some great ones. Twister, you know those will get me every time. Cause... You see my cows out front? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. We, we need sustenance. I love the part where he's talking about Jonas. He's like, he went and got himself some corporate sponsors. And then <laughs> his little crony's like, don't bother. He's a corporate kiss butt. <laughs> You stole our idea. Unrealized. Unrealized. (laughs) Brittany and I, we've adopted uh, when they like turn off or whatever. And he's like, they're heading west. uh, Should we follow them? He's like, we do not. (laughs) So now it's like, should we do a pizza for dinner? He's like, we do not. (laughs) That's awesome. So do you guys watch Twister regularly? Like every three weeks? I watch weeks? it whenever I can. I watch it whenever I can. <laughs> it's so, so it's good. A, it's, a, it's a shank situation. Yeah. I saw that in the theater behind uh, the RTP Almond Orchard. Nice. Which Snow one? Shawshank or Twister? Which one, Dick? Shawshank or Twister? United Artists Theater. <laughs> no, which movie? <laughs> which movie? Shawshank or Twister? Twister. Twist! <laughs> Dude, I remember that theater. That was an awesome theater. The one that's the now a church. Now, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, lost my wallet there one day. I had to go back the next day to get it. All the way from Corning to Chico. Cool. Where'd Dick go? Is he banging another heater now? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Asked and answered. I was like, did Dick go to bang another heater? And then we just heard the slider close. Go to bed, you sons of bitches. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so from here, I guess to reiterate uh, my question to you, Dick, uh, moving on from all this. So obviously we had touched on previously your sister who had um, – a mental disability or developmental disability. How I'm curious about how your relationship with her after all this, like after, you know, the fallout of losing losing your mom, she, she was always wanting to be around me. Even Tim, when they were married and I would go over to Corning before all this happened, Mm -hmm. he was like, it was, they just wanted me around. I couldn't be there that often. And um, after all this happened, I just 
made it my point to be around more often. I'd got, I didn't have a vehicle at the time, obviously, because I told you when everything happened that I had to wait for Matt to get me right home. My roommate at the time. Right. From the previous episode. Right. Who also almost killed you um, flipping and his And I car. ended up getting to, uh, I got my mom's truck that my grandparents had bought her. So I actually had a vehicle to get to and from uh, Corning every day, which brings up another story. I'm not going to tell here about the asshole that was my older sister's son's dad at the time. Thought I was trying to take the car away from them. Like, oh, fuck. No, man. It... So was your sister still living was... in the house? Nobody was still in the house. So that was another thing we had to do is... We had to go in, and so we had two acres um, outside of the truck stops in Corning, and that's where everything happened. Mm -hmm. And so at what point, I don't know if it was after the court or whatever, but we had to go in and we had to clean the place up. Fuck. And I remember going in and cleaning my mom's blood up off of... Dude, that's so fucked. Kitchen, just shit. Dude, there was... Aren't they supposed to have, like, like police departments? Are they, aren't they supposed to, like, contract out with, like, you know, crime scene? I know I went in and I cleaned shit up and it's... Fuck. They don't, they don't bring in cleaners that do fucking everything. No, not, not in, like, podunk little towns. Yeah. Yeah. Counties. Where that sucks. Towns? Maybe that's a result too. Like the reason you get you didn't get to like say your piece at the sentencing. Maybe it's just because it, by virtue of this happening in a small county and like because you you see all these other like in in like you know bigger case I don't you know bigger areas more metropolitan areas. It, it seems like things are are done more. Um, Maybe not by the well, book, more protocol. They, yeah, they're they're just they're just done more appropriately, I guess. So, yeah, that's well, sucks, I think, man. Yeah, we, we had to go in and we had to do we had to clean stuff up, and we ended up uh, it was two acres. We had a well. Ended up selling the property for like two acres for fifty four thousand dollars, and this is probably. Give or take a mile plus, you know, half from where the casino is now. We were on the same side of the railroad track or the uh, I-5 mm -hmm. and um, 2001. And so where was we all wish we could have held on to the property. But A, between the not wanting to, you know, hold on to that memory, but... yeah. Also, probably being in a I drive by there all the time, and these people have done an amazing place with this uh, place. They have like two houses built on there, tore down the old ramshackled barn, built a couple houses, have all it, but our trailer is still there, and they have a very fancy gate going in there. Huh. More the first time I was drunk, I climbed over the gate and fell over on orange juice and vodka. <laughs> Fucking fell asleep in the fucking ditch within our property line. Oh, okay. But no, this place is totally different, but our trailer is still standing. Wow. The rose bushes, I can drive by and look through the gate and see the rose bushes that my mom fell by. And it's so weird. And it's just right down the road from the casino. 
Well, yeah, and I don't think I, anyone could fault you for not well, hold, like if you were able to hold on to the the land, you would have. But especially if you're like yeah. living paycheck to paycheck, and all this shit has happened, like like the memory of it and the hassle of like having to yeah. deal with it. I'm sure uh, the the easiest or the best route was just to like you know get rid of it, rid yourself of yeah. it, yeah. Rid of it. So, but where was Melissa yeah, living? The money at isn't time? the big aspect, but it is the memories. Just driving by right. and then seeing that. And... What were you gonna say, Steve? So, so, where was Melissa living at this time? Corning. She. But didn't she had moved back because of the the shit that was going on between her and Tim? You said there were. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I these memories are foggy. I don't think she moved back to where her and Tim lived because obviously Tim was in jail. She had this place. I think she was living with Jennifer at this time. Okay. Your other Um, sister. That makes sense. But she had a son and the guy she was with wasn't the greatest guy in the world. I just spent a lot of time dealing with my own. I don't want to say demons because I've never really had demons, but just trying to deal with everything. Also trying to be there for my sister and, or my sisters at that point. I would try to bring Melissa over to Chico as much as possible. She always had a great time coming over, hanging out. And this is my Inglewood days. And I remember I was living with uh, our good buddy, uh, Jimmy. Is Inglewood on 2nd? Second, second Ave? No, it's on Nord. Nord. Okay. That was the one across. That's where I was when this happened. Oh. Across from Trans-Pacific. Okay, yeah, by Trans-Pacific Gardens. Yeah. Okay. I know that area very well. So I remember Melissa would always want to come over. So I'd bring her over and as much as I could just to hang out. And remember one time our buddy Christian was over and he was kind of fuck with her and our front door was open. We had a balcony right off that. And then Melissa gave him some kind of uh, Mortal Kombat fucking boom. Push to the chest. And the motherfucker almost fell off the balcony. <laughs> dude, he was the strongest dude. All right. So I told you she had uh, epilepsy. So she would have up to like 30 seizures a day. Jesus fuck. They weren't like grand mall seizures. They were petite. were like. She would stand up and she would, her eyes would go blank and she would just be standing there and you'd be like, oh shit, I need to hold you. But if you were touching her when she came to, she would freak, freak out. out. And there's only about 10 times in my life where I got punched in the balls because she would come to and just swing her arms. And oh man, she. Dude, it was. Well, I wish I had some to knock your ass out with. I knock your ass out. Oh, she knocked my ass out too. Dude, that's she, she. She was something special, but I would always try to bring her to Chico. Everybody I knew loved her, and it was it was tough. I'd try to find my way there. Uh, Steve said earlier in the uh, first episode that, you know, there's a villain and a hero to every episode, and Tim was the villain, and I was the hero, but I don't consider myself the hero, man, because 
I consider Melissa the hero of this whole thing because she hung on as long as she could. And like, I, I don't, there were so many times I remember right after this happened, the first mother's day after this happened, it was 2012. I took her to her first baseball game. It was A's twins with Hamilton city native Kyle Loesch pitching for the twins against the A's. And I was like, all right, Melissa, we're going to go to this game and dropped her off at my grandparents in Alameda. And then I went to San Ramon, Dublin area to meet my buddy AJ. And we went out to the bars. I don't know. I just wish that I would have done more instead of just going there to be with her and do things for her than to be there and do things with her. Because, you know, those things fade away quickly well so you said you said 2012 but this was 2002 right a year later yeah so then because i'm kind of fuzzy on the story itself and i don't want to get ahead of everything so as of 2002 your sister's health was okay or was it fading or her no her health was never fading well it was always bad Uh uh-huh but she was always overweight so 2008. Minchico, another one of those days that I regret where I tell Melissa that I'll be there tomorrow, but I decide to go there the next day. And I'm with some friends at the Safeway on uh, Nord Nord Avenue. Friends go in, we're going out to the river because I said, hey, I'll be there tomorrow, which I was going to be. And I get a call on my phone from Melissa's apartment manager. They tell me Melissa died. And I was like, what the fuck? Or no, they said Melissa's gone. And Melissa, Melissa's somebody that would go hang out at the truck stops. And I've had people that weren't my friends in high school, became good friends out of high school. And I've had them call me up out of the blue and say, I saw your sister at you know, by the truck stop hitchhiking. Yeah. Trying to get out of town. So you thought they meant, like, Gone, she's not like, here. Yeah. We, we're no, not sure no, where no. she is. But that, that, was, that was a while before. and So initially you thought, like, you didn't yeah. think, oh, she died. It was like, oh, okay, she she caught a ride and someone yes. someone saw her. Oh, yes. like, she caught a ride and I was like, fuck. And they're all, no, Melissa, Melissa's dead. Fuck. So what happened is Melissa had walked up to her upstairs neighbor's apartment and passed out on the doorstep. Well, she'd called them 30 minutes earlier. I don't know how long. And they opened the door and Melissa's just passed out there blue. Fuck. Was it, it was, it was an embolism or something, right? What was it? It was a pulmonary embolism. Yes. I believe is what the diagnosis was. Which is a, but, that's a blood clot, right? Uh, blood clot. I don't know if that's in the brain area or anywhere in your body, but yeah, I'm no doctor or valid Victorian. <laughs> so was that a result of uh, her just like overall health makeup or was that something that can afflict anyone? Because I've heard about, you know, well, people having, it, it, you know, like aneurysms that are perfectly healthy and they just they're taking a shower and it just strikes them down. Or was this part of like her overall ongoing health situation? Well, 
To tell the truth, uh, Melissa was eight months pregnant. Oh, shit. Holy. I did not know that. And Fuck. she was, Melissa was a large, large girl. And so there was no, she never gave any indication. Like that she was showing? About this. Yeah. Dude. Well, I imagine was she was showing if she was some, eight months pregnant. No, she was just. She was large. Oh, large. that's what you were. Okay. But she didn't have any like previous symptoms that would hint at like blood clots not or anything that, like that. Not that I was privy to. And this is like one of the things that I said that in the last episode, G said that I shouldn't feel bad about not doing things for her. But this is something that where I look back, I was like, I wish I would have had, you know, more insight to and been like, you need to be going to the doctor, blah, blah. Yeah. It, you know what? Not to, I don't want to sound like, you know, someone giving you every opportunity for every excuse in the world, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta take it easy on yourself a little bit because a, you've gone through your mother being taken from you by someone. That's a, horrifically trapped tragic yeah, but this event. is eight years later. right but you're still young Seven. you're still young at this point you know i can think back i still haven't grown up and i'm almost 40 no you grown. don't don't do that but i mean you're not even in your 30s yet or your early 30s i mean you're just trying to live your fucking life you know you got all these things going on and to be responsible for another human being while you're trying to still just figure things out I mean, everyone's got regrets. I've got regrets. Everyone's got regrets unless they... Or they're a sociopath that doesn't feel things. Right. I mean, you can't you can't keep beat yourself up over it. I mean, you can't be in two places at one time. You can't be working and living in one city and also supporting your sister in another city. And Right. Yeah. So I I don't mean to be insensitive or anything, but I'm I'm curious like so but in this time between your mom dying and your sister dying, during that time period, it seems like your sister was pretty high functioning, I'm assuming. And she she was either was she so was she living by herself or in between kind of back and forth living with your sister Jennifer? That's kind of a blind spot uh, for no, me. No, she lived at her own apartment. So she she so did she have her did she have a job and was she able to or did she live on disability and she was able to like ter- take care of like day-to-day things like supporting herself like I'd make sure she had food in her house but it was tough i feel like i could have done a much better job of taking care of her but no no i just didn't well i mean hindsight's always 2020 so I didn't mean to pry or, you know, you talked about something's touchy. No, we no, you're leave, not prying. We can leave I'm out. I'm just telling the truth. I'm like, no, I'm just telling the truth, man. I just wish that I had at that point in my life. And like you said, G, what you would have done in your 20s faced with the circumstances. Like it, it was difficult. And I like I remember the day. When I got the call, she died. And like I said earlier, dude, I just fell on the ground at, I was at Safeway on Nord Avenue and people I was with, they like, you have to take me to Corning right now. And I was supposed to be there that day, but I told her I'd be there the next day. That was a Saturday. 
Sunday, I was like, you know, Melissa, I'm going to be there to take care of you. Take you to the store, and it's just rough to look at. I mean, if something like this happened, even if I had siblings, I probably would have just moved to a completely different state. I would have just left and probably just started from scratch and pretended I didn't know anyone. You know, I mean, at least you hung around and you made an effort to try to include your sister and like you said she had friends and like in, introduced oh, no. her to I, your I friends brought her over. everybody everybody i knew loved melissa i'd bring her over you know at least once a month and uh we'd have the greatest time my friends were always so awesome to her they gave them so many memories mm-hmm. like i have so many friends that just fucking adored her and but yeah, I even I even remember I, our friend Jimmy talking about her, and that's the only way I knew about her. It was like stories through him, and then you know you would come along and be like, oh yeah, and then she did this, and like you know. I remember one time. I uh, remember our good buddy. Uh, I don't know if I can say his name. I can always edit it. it out later. Uh, Just go for it. Ratliff. Minor. So one day I was with the Ratliff, and Melissa was there, and. She's all, hey, Richard, remember the time we were in the Special Olympics? <laughs> and I was there walking her. And I was like, Melissa, quit telling people I was in the Special Olympics. <laughs> oh, man, I fucking feel bad about that. But, dude, it's one of the funniest moments ever because James... Every time I see him, oh, yeah. talk to him, he'll bring that. Oh in. yeah, he's never gonna let that one go. <laughs> yeah. It's like Melissa. You just said that to the wrong dude. But that being said, dude, Melissa got to go uh, to UCLA in the California. She was in the state Special Olympics. She, oh man, she met Christopher Christopher Castile from. Uh, what was that show with fucking Patrick Duffy and Step by Step Summers? Step by Step, yeah, day by day. He was he was a nerd kid in that. He was there. Oh, Melissa loved him. She got to meet him. <laughs> who, did, who did she meet? Went around on the plane. Who did she meet? Dude, there? she had she did have some good moments in her life. That's awesome. What were you saying, Steve? Oh, man. From Step by Step, who did she meet? Which guy? Chris Castile. That was the nerd with the glasses. The little blonde oh, kid yeah. with the glasses. Oh, oh yeah, say no more. I got it. Dude, you know what? That guy later went on to become he's currently he's a math teacher in like the LA school system or somewhere down south. And it's like, of course he is. He's he's the most like you look at a person and be like, math teacher. Yep, nailed it. Jackpot. Like he is a, he became a math teacher. Like he's got those wide ass, those glasses, like the Jeffrey Dahmer boxcar yeah. glasses. Wears turtlenecks, so probably. That was my crush, uh, Danica McKellar. Oh man! Oh yeah, life. Wonder, Wonder years. years. Winnie. Winnie Cooper. Winnie Cooper. Yeah. What about? What about Winnie Cooper? She's like a math, famous oh, like mathematician or scientist or something, isn't she? Yeah. And she's a smoke show. She's written a lot of books. I mean, she's no Mayim Bialik. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> no, she's better. I, I have a hot take. <coughs> I will say Blossom, worth a revisit. That's just a good show. There, Steve, there's a guy 
The brother? Do you mean do you mean you found her physically attractive when she was a child actress? No, like the show itself is is it's just a wholesome good show. But there so in that show, uh Blossom's one of his one of Blossom's brothers, she has two brothers. One is Joey Lawrence, the fucking whoa. And then yeah. her other brother, I can't remember the actor's name. I think I think his name in the show is Tony. You remember Blossom, Dick, the show? Oh, yeah. You remember the older brother who was like, uh, he was a drug addict, and th- that was like his story arc, and then he comes back and lives at home, and he turn- he like salvages, he becomes like a EMT or something. His name was Tony. He had like blonde hair. He was the other brother other than Joey Lawrence. So this, okay, well. I don't remember it that well. Okay, well, I'll. I'll send you guys a link. Our our old friend uh, Jared, not your cock, not my cock, but his cock, um, is this character to a T. If he in a in a different life <laughs> was a former drug addict who like like salvaged his life and became like an upstanding citizen, dude. There's so many times me and Kelsey are like watching it because she knows she knows Jared too. It's like, dude, that is fucking Jared. I miss that guy. Dude, he had. There were so many fun moments with him. The zero seconds is probably my favorite, but there was one when he was like shipping. He was doing something and it was just fucking him over. And he was so pissed. And he was just like, What the fuck? And I lost it, man. I just <laughs> could not stop laughing. I was like crying. And he looked over at me and he shot me daggers, dude. Like, and it just, it, it, hit my tuning fork even more like it made me laugh <laughs> even more at him i'll have to send you guys a link anyway sorry that was a huge fucking blossom tangent but i'll send you a link you'd be like oh fuck that is jared anyway um uh speaking of being attracted to much younger gals that reminds me of another fun story from richard where uh, correct correct me if i'm wrong but you were telling you were telling us a story one time where, as a senior in high school, you were talking about a girl in kindergarten. That you can you explain the story? No, I said <laughs> there was a girl. Now I'm forty six. Saying this is inaccurate. That the girl that oh, rode yeah. the bus in kindergarten is hot now. And she was over 21 at the time. So, yeah, don't try to play me like that. <laughs> but when you but when you but when you met, you were a senior in high school and she was in kindergarten and you said she's fucking hot. You meant now? That's not what I said. <laughs> fucking G, get my back on this. That's not what I said. Clarify. It was present day. Yes. Not looking When in- you were present day when you were 18 and she was Five or no present day now when you're 45 and she's five or I'm just confused yeah, 45 and I'm five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't sound like that. No, I don't. Well, I do probably. <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah. So, so how did you, how did you handle all of the, the same like funeral, all of that stuff with Melissa and all that. Like, so my mom's service was held at Dennis's parents. 
um, which was three doors down from where Tim and his mom lived. So we were not a religious family. We didn't have a big burial. Uh, both my mom and my sister were cremated. And Melissa's service was held uh, right down the road from where I live now. Still have a picture in my bedroom on the mantle of me, my cousin, and her husband from that day. Um, they're both, both of their ashes are buried in the, they're in an ash plot from my mom's great uncle or something. Hmm. Um, we have a small family, so these weren't taken up. So, and then as my grandparents passed away, they were both cremated. So my grandparents, my mom and my sister are all in the same graveyard, which overlooks it's a beautiful sight. You can you look over, you see the Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco, Alcatraz, Angel Island. So it was weird when I first found out that my mom was being buried there that it was in uh, El Cerrito, I think, is still the city limit it's in. And, but so my mom, my sister, my grandpa, and my grandmother are all in the same place this day. Hmm. And I don't know. We miss everybody to this day, every day, especially coming up on the holiday season. But like, I always have a good time. I always keep a good mindset. But to this day, I always look back at the days going to Dixon, going to Alameda, and just having a great time and never getting that racetrack that went up the wall and back down that I always wanted. <laughs> but I'd always get some packs of baseball cards and I'd be happy. All right. So that, that leads me to the big question, which is I don't think I know anybody who has gone through so much dark, insane shit in their life. And I also don't think I've known anybody who is more like positive, fun loving, and just like a good fucking dude. Right. So like how if anybody's listening, how 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 did that not break your spirit for the rest of your entire life? And how are you able to move on in in such a way that people who have encountered nothing hard in their life can't even come close to, you know? Right. Well, that's an easy question for me. Just like when people that knew people on the inside that would want, my mom would want me to go on with my life and do the best I could for me. She wouldn't want me to fuck anything up, which didn't try to do, but probably fucking did some shit here and there that probably didn't help myself along the way. But it was basically my mom's. My mom wanting to know that I was going to be the best person I can be. I don't know if you can understand that, but it's what I understand my life to be. And I don't want to do anything to make my mom upset because I know I have in my life. I know if she's looking down on me, there are probably things that pop into my mind every once in a while that she's like, what the fuck? fuck were you doing at that moment but 
I know that the most part he has so much pride in how I've handled myself over the last 46 years because, you know, like I said early on, I was a good kid. I was her favorite. <laughs> I think she would look down and be, if she had any kind of sense of humor, tickled, but also very proud for sure just because of like calling to like what Steve just talked about, like how, how anyone would be able to overcome. Like, I know I wouldn't for sure. I would have gone into like some kind of dark spiral with all the things that you've had to deal with and, and, you know, just shut people out completely where you've done the opposite, how you're super involved with like, you know, softball is a huge pastime for you. And it's like, it's, it's not just something that you go do cause it's fun. It's like, you're a fixture there. You know, you're a ringleader. People know who Dick dog is at the softball field. You've been doing it for like 20 years and you know, when you came to work with all of us, you stood out immediately as being like, you know, someone that can handle their shit and with a smile on their face, like you're like anything you throw at this person, you know that it's going to be handled and you don't have to worry about anything. Like just having that kind of attitude towards life. I mean, I've worked at the same place for 15 years almost and almost Every good part of working there is a memory associated with you. All that, I think, is a long way around of saying it's a testament to you and just your attitude and your ability to overcome things. And I don't know. At this point, I'm kind of rambling, but I'm I'm glad I met you and have been able to share moments in my life with you. So I think you should take that as a positive because it's not just me. It's like, like Steve says, like everyone you come into contact with there, there's something, you know, about you that, that people gravitate towards. There's people like that in this world that, that have that kind of like that thing, that it factor that you want to be around. You know, I, I, I wish hear, hearing more of, of your story and, and things that went on that I wasn't aware of previously, I, I feel even worse because I, I know you have, a, I mean, it sounds like after talking to you, it sounds like you have things that, that you have regrets about that I don't think is, it's not fair to yourself to feel that way. And I agree. I think like no, your mom would be very proud of the person that you've become, the man you've become and, and how you've you've handled yourself up until this point and beyond. You think I'm going to fall off soon? <laughs> no, not at all. You're, oh, you're, you you're going to outlive us all, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love you guys. I mean, nobody, nobody, the thing is not to belabor the point even further, but I mean, nobody could, nobody could fault Dick. If after all the shit he went through, he went into a spiral of depression and self pity and, you know, anger. And I just wish, I just wish more people could put things into perspective when, when they think they're having it bad Mm -hmm. compared to Dick, like, uh, no, you don't have it bad at all. So stop complaining, get your shit together and move on because it's better for you. It's better for everyone around you. And, it's really not that bad when you compare it to other people. So, yeah. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have it worse than me out there. Yeah, not a lot. And that's a pretty rough. 
Yeah, no, I'm sure there's a lot of people. You can say that about you can say that about anything. There's always a bigger fish, but that shouldn't take away from. I I think once once there's a certain not taking away. Once there's a certain point met, it's like you've plateaued. You know, like like you've had your share of heartache and being fucked over in life, kind of thing. You know, so honestly, like I I hope that the rest of your life, you know is spent full of not having to deal with that kind of shit because lord knows that you've you've already had to go through so much you know it's it'd be it'd be even more cruel to not have it go that way well no i i do appreciate that and i hope people don't have to go through that shit and i know people do have to go through that shit it's um it's part of life shit happens man it's true and I, I mean, you can always you can always look at something and I say, "You're the sugar coat in the thing, man." It's shit happens to people, and I'm one of those people that it happened to. Right. But I'm just glad I was able to be here on your guys' platform to tell the story because it meant a lot to me, and just to get our story out there. And I'm glad people are receptive and open to listening to the story. Yeah. And I'm drunk. Damn just, straight. I mean, again, not to beat a dead horse, but it's just such such a good example of no matter how Did much- I ever tell you about the dead horse story? <laughs> <laughs> no. So one day when we were living on Orchard Avenue, same uh place in Corning, my mom's horse got out and the brother of the lady who used to feed her animals, or not the lady, she was she was younger than me. Is this um, another pet suicide story? He was driving down story? the road and hit a horse, killed the horse, fucked his car up. Well, it was my mom's horse, and we were responsible for. So it wasn't beating a dead horse; it was running a dead horse with you, or killing a live horse with your car. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> it's not beating a dead horse. It's killing a live horse with your car. <laughs> oh, shit. Technically, my mom was responsible. The horse should have been contained. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> I'm s- so do you think that's where she this Yeah, I'm sorry. That just that really got me. Holy fuck. <laughs> Dude, we have a lot of good times together, guys. A lot of good stories. Oh yeah. I, I think I think we should wrap it here and have him back for one more where we just pepper him with fun dick stories that he doesn't want to talk about. I know, that's your <laughs> That's your that's your master plan. He's just like, ah, yes. Yeah, I know. I've got to, and I can sit there and I can plan for a while. Writing down Steve's fucking mind. I know what he's got. <laughs> what do you think I got on my list? Oh, too many things that I want to fucking throw out there. But well, we already what, hit well, the what, crested crested the hill, so. 
I yeah, I mean, what else? Chris what else is there? Is there? I mean, something I mean, involving if, a light bulb. No, we're not going to go there. But uh, no, no, oh. we're talking about some credit card. We're talking about bank statements. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. No, even we're though that is about... my favorite dick story of all time, I'll, I won't tell that. How many favorites do you have? <laughs> it's like the favorites just stack onto one another. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot to choose from. Oh man, there's so many one-liners yeah, that I for I had forgotten. Like I I talk when I talk to my wife about them every once in a while. It'll be like, uh, oh yeah, here's another Richardism. One of which she reminded me of was like, I'm such a good actor. I don't even work here. That there's so many like I. F- Holy shit! I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> that's my favorite of all time. That's yeah. That's that's top three for me. Just the- because it's less embarrassing than what Steve's gonna bring up. <laughs> Well, I won't bring it up on the air, but one of my favorites is like. (laughs) (laughs) We just brought it up on the air. Nah, he'll he'll clip it or he won't. I don't care. That's probably one that I'll that I'll do. I'll I'll put a sound bar over top of. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think a a palate cleanser would be in order, and I think. When did you start working at uh, where we all worked? Was it 2010 or 2011? 2000. It was July, like. Don't need the day. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> I was guessing 2010. Am I close? I thought it was 2010 also. 11. Your year off. No, 11. Hmm. 2011? Yeah. Three fourths of this is inaccurate. Just a kid. Trying to do the right thing. You come after me. Are we still recording? Or yeah. Is this just... Yep. Let's go, Mike. All right. We got things to do. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh man. I needed that laugh. That was good. <laughs> that fucking killed me. The fucking beat a dead horse. Holy shit. That's... Immediately bumped itself into the top five. Yeah, I think uh, in episode four, maybe we'll take a, a little bit of a breather because, well, a because I have a couple, we have a couple guests lined up, we have a couple things scheduled, but I think an episode, uh, a, a palate cleanser episode, kind of like post, like when we all met up to the present, uh, would be a nice bow on the Coors Light Chronicles because, I mean, that's when we were entered into the story of Dick Dog and, and learned about and were regaled with your uh, your greatness. So, Do you have a spittoon over there, Steve? What's that? Do you have a spittoon? No. No, he just spit in his cat's mouth. That's her thing. I would, if she liked it. <laughs> Anything for my baby. Cat scratch fever. Um, Aren't you guys getting a kitten for fucking uh, Lola? No. Or was that a dream I had? <laughs> it must have been a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Are you guys thinking about bringing anyone else into the fold? Or are you going to just kind of simmer for a while? No, she she likes being an only cat. Yeah. yeah are she, you sure I got one for you? Pet, pet him. I did, like twice today. You need to pet him more. This is why he's upset with you. 
think we're good here. Yo, wrap it up, B. Wrap it. Wrap that shit up, B. Yep, I'm gonna go. Gonna go eat some dinner. Okay, Jim. Are we doing the? Are we doing the fog next? We are. I think I del- I think I deleted the last spreadsheet you sent me. Okay. Twice. I'll s- I don't I'll know s- why. I'll send you a new one. Okay. Yeah, we're we're doing. The- yeah, we're doing the fog next. You've never seen it, I assume. No. no. Okay. Have you ever seen the fog, Dick? With uh, Adrian Barbeau from 1980, directed by John Carpenter. Is that a weird movie where everybody dies when they step outside and the fucking fog hits? That's. I think you're thinking of The Mist. Oh yeah. With Tom Jane. Oh, this also came up in our last episode, which Dick got a special little shout out in our last one. Did he? Well, it was anonymous. I'm pretty trashed right now, so refresh my memory. What's what's going on here? I just remember the the mist came up with Chris, and then we also told a fun story about Dick, but we did it anonymously, even though we. Oh yeah, we we did the owl. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dude. Anybody else see that? Anybody else see that owl? Those are the stories you want to tell in the next episode when it's not about this story. We can touch on it again. That's yeah. that's one of my all timers for sure. That, that that was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> and then when you just went off the fucking res, like you disappeared for at least two hours. Cause no, everybody else disappeared, man. Motherfucker. <laughs> I showed up and everybody was gone. You guys were all like fishing down the creek or something. No, it's ten Tyler's o'clock at night. Nobody disappeared fishing. Yeah, no, no, no. You you were the one that had left. You it's like we were all at the campsite and you were gone. I don't even to this day I don't even know where you went. And then you just like materialized and it's like someone was like, There's Dick right there. It's like what? I, there was a moment there where I was thinking, like, we might have to call Park Rangers. No, I was I was following him, just trying to get him to fall far. in the creek. I knew where he was at all times. <laughs> okay. Fall push, man. I would never push. Nope. Because that's <laughs> not, not as funny. It's funnier if you fall. On your own accord. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I would do that. What? I said I'd do that often. <laughs> just like the two concussions I had. It's on my God list. God damn it, they will say that for the next episode. It's on my list. I got two more concussions to talk about. Two One more? of my favorite stories, too, is when you when you stepped off the stand-up lift and you, like, tweaked your fucking, you, like, twisted your back or you fucked up your spine or something. Yeah. I didn't Before, put that on my yeah, list. I threw my back and brushed my teeth. <laughs> It was one. It was a specific memory before we had moved. Oh, I know exactly where it was. Bef- DC. Yeah, before we had moved to the new place, and you, you, yeah. you just. Oh, I know exactly where I was at that moment, and that hurt. <laughs> yeah, feels uh, feels pretty good. <laughs> just hold me, guys. <laughs> Or when your your arms started fluttering, it was like someone like held up like a chicken or a rooster, and your hands just started going. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. God, that hurt, man. <laughs> My back was fucked up. Yeah, well, we'll we'll save some of that. Yeah, I, I, I think we should have you back on to kind of beyond like you beyond your your main story. I think it'd be fun to to cover like a classic movie, like oh. Airplane, would be fun. Or something that not necessarily Steve hasn't seen, but that we can just kind of pick apart and have a few laughs over would be fun too. Oh, a Nettie Murphy movie? Yeah. Is this the man who wrecked the buffet table? (laughs) 
This guy hates Eddie Murphy, and I don't understand. Eddie that. Murphy sucks. Have you seen any of th- of the Beverly Hills Cop films? No. Okay. Nope. Well, <clears throat> I think I might be able to sway you. I doubt it. <laughs> if you guys ever want to do comedy, I'm your uh, go-to guy because Steve ain't seen it, and <laughs> what I probably have. <laughs> if it's good, not. <laughs> No, Dick. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch the clumps. No thanks. <laughs> I know you've seen Father of the Bride ten times, but uh, yeah, one and two. Thank you. Have you ever it's seen Plane? Have you ever seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I have. Oh, yes. Okay. I think At I've only ever seen it. One. It's a good. It's a good Thanksgiving. There's not many Thanksgiving movies that really hit that zone the way that like you know Home Alone does for Christmas, or like you know any number of Halloween movies do for the Halloween season. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is like distinctly like it owns Thanksgiving. I would say alongside like Home for the Holidays with Holly Hunter, that's another top tier Thanksgiving banger for me. But um, look how excited Dick is right now. <laughs> Have you ever? Seen- Dick, have you ever seen uh, House Sitter? House Sitter's good, dude. No. Goldie Hawn. I like it. Yeah. I remember watching that in the theater. Dick, are you okay? Yeah. Have you what seen- about Money Pit? Tom Hanks? Sh- Shelley Long. Long? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although, he didn't like the fucking burbs, so I don't know. Yeah, look at your shirt, dip fuck. Fuck you. The burbs. Reppin. Can you believe that? This guy didn't <laughs> like the fucking burbs. How can I like a Tom Hanks movie, so man? Hey, Haka, did you just speak Hawaiian? Haka <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm fucked up. Mahuki Lauke, Tom Hanks, Mahuki Lauke. The burbs suck. Oh, God. Housekeeping wise, I don't have anything. We got another review where we are at a five star solid and we have 13 ratings on Apple Podcasts. I don't know how the rest of all that shit works, but uh, thank you all for whoever's listening uh, and and leaving us those reviews. If you guys have any questions uh, about Richard, aka Dick Dog in specific or anything else in general, you can uh, send us an email at wax at waxingtheporpoise.com or you can find us on either of our socials. Twitter is Waxing the Porp and Instagram is Waxing the Porpoise. Yeah, next week we have a uh, schedule. We're going to talk about The Fog from 1980, uh, directed by John Carpenter, starring Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, and a bit role for Tom Atkins. I think that'll be Steve's first foray into uh, Tom Atkins' zone. I'm curious what you think of that guy, but yeah, that'll be next week. Do you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about or, or mention before we leave? Oh, shit. Before I do it, I've... I'm like two episodes behind on this, but Steve and I also joined uh, Ghoulish University for their latest episode on television terror, starring Morton Downey Jr., the toothsome wonder himself. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Had a ton of fun recording with them, so belated shout out to them for having us on again. Uh, I just just re-listened to that episode, and that, that was a fucking good time. Yeah, that was awesome. There's a couple moments, like, 
in this episode too where I fucking lost my shit. <laughs> I thought I was gonna keel over at one point, but they're super they're super fun. I like all of them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well it we'll, made me it made me want to watch more Tales from the Crypt. Have you since then? No, I haven't, but <laughs> it's it made cool. me want to. There's like literally I think almost every episode is on YouTube for free right now. It's really hard to find streaming. It's definitely on YouTube in varying degrees of quality, but they have every season, every episode. But I don't know where Dick went. I was curious to see his take on Tales from the Crypt because I'm sure he's seen a couple. But are you a big Tales from the Crypt fan, Richard? Yeah. No. No. Okay. I'm I'm only into calm uh, comedy and uh, true crime. That's your main your main go to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, otherwise I'm not really interested. Fair enough. Not into superhero shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all that MCU shit. Dick, I'm with you on Blazing that. Saddles, Vacation, those are my go-tos. Save the neck for me, Clark. I've never seen Christmas Vacation, so maybe we could have Dick back no. for that. Oh, that's right. That that came, Dude, that came to light an episode or two ago. Steve's never seen fucking Christmas Vacation. Jesus Christ. How many Todd and Margaret? But have you seen the first vacation? Huh? Have you seen the first vacation? Yeah. Wally World. Did you like yes. it? Yeah, of course. Then Duh. you owe it your you owe it to yourself. No, then why wouldn't you fucking watch Christmas Vacation? Yeah. I've never I've never seen European Vacation. I've never seen uh, Fletch or whatever other. Channel. What about Vegas Vacation? Didn't you fucking bone up on your? Yeah, I boned up on uh, my what. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Vegas vacation. These are my kind of games, games, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get the uh, scoop of the yellow and the. uh... Ooh, the bread. The bread pudding is extra runny tonight, Clark. (laughs) Best part of that movie is the. uh, Is it Wallace Shawn, the dealer, the black dick dealer, like changing five hundred. Yeah. The Widowmaker. What does he say? Like, why don't you just give me half your money and I take you all back and kick you in the balls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that movie. It's such a sh- Dude, Wayne Newton is in it. Mr. Papa Giorgio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a good one. So how have you noticed in Christmas Vacation, but you've seen that yeah. and you know the lines from the- yeah, that's, that's a sacrilege. You're a fucking disgusting human. I don't know. You tell me. All righty. Well, uh, I love you guys. Love you too, Dick. Thank you for coming on and, and bearing your soul. I mean, that's it's it's not something that I would have come at you for, and you, you wanted to, to tell the story, so I, I'm glad that – I mean, I know more about you, and it just, it just makes me respect you even more for what you've had to go through, so – uh, I know we've had a couple laughs. We try, we've tried to keep this, you know, to inject some kind of levity into this because this is some heavy shit. But thank you for for coming on and telling the story. And we'll try to, we'll have you on soon for sure to kind of continue on and and see from from that point on. I think is we'll be peppered with a, a bunch of fun uh, things that we can talk about and and have a more positive kind of episode you know, later on that, that will not be as hardcore, but yeah. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, you, brother. We, and, 
and we'll you're welcome. And we'll take you down a I'm peg. Sure, it'd be or two. more positive for you guys. Yeah, we all love you, but next episode we're gonna we're gonna share some stories about how you're kind of a piece of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I fucking love you guys, man. You guys are well. We'll see you when we see you, and we'll see you later. Thanks, friends. All right.